Now, you might not believe this, but the career path of almost every super successful individual included having a job just like the one you have now. You're either going to or coming from work, so we might as well talk about it today on Your Way to Work. And now, your host, Ricardo Witte. Hi, everybody. This is Rick Witted, and you're listening to the podcast show on your way to work. This is the show that talks to you, the worker on the workplace floor, about the things you need to do and the path you need to take to progress, to move forward, to advance your career. Let me just tell you, that is different for everyone. So at the start of the show, just want to say a big, big apology for uh, not having a show air last week. The first in our history, we were traveling. Uh, I did need some good getaway time, which I was able to get. We actually traveled between several states. Our final destination was Branson, Missouri. If you ask me what's going on in Branson, Missouri, a lot of nothing but beautiful country, a lot of rolling hills. Uh, we I did horseback riding in the mountains. Eureka Springs is a beautiful place. If you've never seen the Crown Thorn Chapel, it's this, this glass chapel in the middle of the forest in the woods, you got to go. So anyway, the idea was to record these shows and be able to produce them from where we were, but we had a little bit of technical difficulties, and so that didn't happen, so apologize for that, but we're back, and I want to talk to you about knowing what your talents and your giftings are, knowing what your talents and your giftings are. Let me read an article, and I told you I'd be stealing snippets uh, from the Gallup's State of the American Manager Analytics and Advice for Leaders report that's out there, and I talked a little bit about the state of the manager a couple weeks ago. The shocking summary of that report was this. Only one in 10 managers are talented. Only two in 10 managers have the ability to be coached. They have some talent. They're functional, but still need some coaching to become highly talented. And uh, so as a result, you've got a, a state in our country where 80 to 85 percent of managers are not engaged at work. And so you know what that produces. Actively disengaged manager in the workplace produces a disengaged or actively disengaged workforce. And so what's interesting is that the 35% of all managers that are engaged in the workplace really reflect the 30% of employees who are engaged at the workplace. What does that tell you? It tells you that more than two in three workers in the workplace, managers and employees, are both not engaged uh, in the workplace. So, you know, what's interesting to me is as I think about this study, we've got so many people that are man in manager roles that are not the in the right roles. 
So I have to ask this question. So why are there so many of us in the workplace chasing management opportunities? Why are there so many of us in the workplace chasing leadership opportunities? I have a wide variety of answers for that question. I'm not going to get into all of those. I'll just tell you another shameless plug. Stay tuned for Outgrowing Your Space at Work, How to Thrive at Work and Build a Lasting or Successful Career. In that book, I get into a lot, a lot of intrinsic reasons with a lot of research as to why the things inside of us really push us toward the track of being a manager. So I want you to listen to this quote. And again, it comes from the State of the American Manager uh, report from Gallup. And I quote, when individuals have the right talent for their role, they think and act differently than their peers. They are energized by their work rarely thinking of it as work at all, but for others whose talent is not the best fit, the same can feel draining, end quote. So I think, and this is just one of many theories and one of many ideas I have about this subject, but I think that a lot of reasons We have people who end up in management roles or end up being managers is because if I took a poll on the number of folks in the workplace, and by the way, I have done the research. If I took a poll that says, how many of you workers want to be promoted to a manager? At least half of us listeners, at least half of us in the workplace would raise our hands Because we think that is the sum total of what progress in our careers are. Again, I'm not going to talk about a ton of that, but here's one of the reasons I think we end up defaulting on that path. One of many reasons. I'm only going to talk about one. A lot of us don't know what our talent and giftings are, or we know what we're talented and gifted in, but don't know how or where or in what way to apply that in the workplace. So that's what I want to talk about today, knowing what your talents and giftings are. You see, I believe if you understand what you're talented in and if you figure out how to apply that in the workplace, really in your entire life, you can really take your career to a different level. There's this old saying that rising tides lift all boats. Again, rising tides lift all boats ultimately. So if you are very talented in one specific area, you have got to figure out how to maximize that one area. You know, unfortunately, many, many managers out there, as this report talks about, actually, many managers out there will work on your strengths and your opportunities or your weaknesses equally. I am telling you, if you are really, really good at something, figure out the application of what you're good at in the workplace that you're in. If you can figure that out, 
you can really cause all boats to rise, right? If you're really good at this one thing and you can figure out how to really make that your trademark in the workplace, all boats will rise. So other things will happen. Advancement will occur. Advancement can occur if you really become a very solid specialist in a particular area of your giftings and your talents. So real quickly, let me walk you through at least five areas that I think talents and giftings that I think can really be used effectively in the workplace. So let me start with the one that I have and that I'm pretty good at and has bode well for my career over the last two plus decades. So it's people. And if you have talents and giftings for people, this is an area that you can apply in the workplace. So when I say people, I'm talking about relationships. The person who has the ability to really engage people and engage them for who they are, get to know them, get to build a relationship with them, get to develop and cultivate trust with, with the people they work with, they interact with. If, if your area of gifting is people, then what you have to start doing is looking at the jobs or the job or the function that you do in a way or through the vehicle of people relationships. And I've said this on a ton of shows, right? You cannot advance your career well if you don't develop relationships within the workplace. Now, if relationships is your actual gifting, if the ability to interact with people and develop trust and create, you know, a, a, a team atmosphere through trust, whether that's one person or or a hundred people, the person who has that gifting you have to begin to look for areas in what you do that allow you to develop and cultivate relationships and strengthen those relationships. Because a, a solid performing team in the workplace environment is one in which there is a level of trust that's developed. So if people is your thing, you're in the business of relationship and trust. So let me clarify something real quickly on that topic. I'm not talking about, hey, you're my buddy, you're my best friend, my BFF at work. That's not what I'm talking about. I am simply talking about what I do. My component of work interacts with another component at work. And my job is to really not just fulfill that that component, those two pieces, pull those together well, but to really get to know who that person is. And that doesn't mean we have to go out and party. That doesn't mean we have to share uh, pictures and photo albums. But it does mean going beyond the layer of that person's function and really begin understanding what motivates that person, what makes that person, you know, you, you know, happy, what makes that person nervous, what makes that person sad, just understanding, okay, I, I'm a very people oriented person, the person in front of me is more black and white, it's the policies, just me knowing that, and beginning to interact with that person, to not overlook what's important to them, the policies, the procedures. So when I go to that person, I can't go to that person and go, hey, 
hey, let's let's we let's do this because we can help uh, Sam over there in the corner, who is a third component of our work. We can really help him, and and it'd be great if we all go to lunch. That person is not going to care about that. I have to go to that person and, and and be able to explain to him through our policies and procedures or, or, or processes why helping Sam in a particular way is going to improve you know our ability to deliver. It's that simple, people. So if your talents and your giftings are people, then you have to figure out how do I maximize that with every interaction in the workplace. People. Spent too much time there. That's because that's my area. Number two, data. If your giftings and your talents are in the area of data or analytics, this person can be analytical. This is the person that can look and can see the pattern of something, can see how the numbers fit together, can understand how all of the components interconnect. And they just see it and they can see it very clearly. If this is your area of giftings and talent, you have to begin to look at the jobs you do at work. You have to begin to look at your interactions through the filter of analytics and data. And there's nothing wrong with this. So many times I see people who have that gifting decide, you know, I want to lead a bunch of people. And I'm not saying they can't because you can have some of all of these giftings. But if you want to surge, I mean, if you want your career to take off through the roof and you are a person who has giftings in data and analytics, then you should focus on uh, interactions and functions at work. You could you should focus on jobs that really allow you to maximize that. And so if you are not the people person, but data person, and yet you are chasing roles that cause you to interact and influence and build relationships with people, you probably can do that if you're very talent, if you're a very talented person. But are you going to be maximizing what you do best? And are you going to be filtering your giftings and your talents through the lens of of um, of of this workplace environment you're in? Probably not. And if not, you're going to be the latter part of that quote that I read from Gallup. You know, others whose talents are not the best fit feel drained in the workplace. And so I just encourage you to think about that. If data or analytics is your gifting, then you've got to figure out how can I maximize that in the roles that I do. And I've worked with people who are really gifted in that area. And they do other types of roles, but they have this ability to be able to, you know, break down the information in a way that's helpful. And so what they end up doing is being the person who you can count on to say, you know, hold on, let's think about this. When I look at this information, have we considered this, this, and this? And they don't do it in a way that's frustrating, aggravating. Oh my God, here they go again, necessarily. But, you know, if you're effective at that, you can become a part of the conversation, whatever the conversation is. And I would tell you, get used to the art of using questions to say, hey, that absolutely makes sense. I was wondering, 
had we thought about this dynamic and how this dynamic can apply to that or how this dynamic may be different from that. I just want to make sure that we're kind of thinking through all things. You've got to make sure that you learn this lesson in life. Here it is. Ready? You don't die on every hill. You know, and people who have the data and the analytics side of themselves can tend to, you know, begin to treat that like gospel um, to the exclusion of other people and or other people's ideas. And so for you, those that are gifted in this area of data and analytics, I'm going to tell you, develop the art of asking questions, understand where the conversation is, and then how the data or the information fits to that and or is different. So that's just an example of learning the art of asking questions, uh, understanding where people are and not you know, treating the data like gospel to the exclusion of other people. All right. So that's data. Number three, processes. If your giftings and your talents are in processes, this is not quite the same as data and analytics, although it may sound like it. This is really someone who has a gifting in administration uh, or organization. And so this person has the ability to take the data, to take the people, to take all those components and organize it and administrate it or run it. Uh, and that can be a person who is in management, but it might not be. It might be a person who, for, for the job function they're doing, processes and you know administrating functions and activities are important. So this person who has a gifting in processes has a little bit of the people thing maybe and has somewhat of the data and they know how to put those things together. So maybe your area is processes. Maybe you are sitting at the table and you hear all of the conversation that's going on and in your mind you can go, hmm, man, I, I tell you what, if if person A and person B, if you could put those together and then put person C and D together, um, this would flow a lot smoother. Uh, and the 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 information of of person A and B is also a direct opposite of C and D. And yet, when you put those together, that will create a very smooth process because those things that they do interact well with those things that C and D do, and it's just perfect, right? If that's you, and that may have sounded very confusing, so I don't know if that, that was a great analogy, but here's my point. A person who is gifted in processes has the ability to see how things can work together smoothly. So it doesn't matter if you're at the, literally, if you're at the front line um, entry point, bottom level in the organization, or if you're at the top, you can use this, any of these giftings, by the way, you can use these giftings, particularly the process person or, or the person who has giftings in administration or organization. You can use this anywhere. I don't care if you're, you know, the clerk um, that rings out the customer at the end of the day. If there's a more efficient way to do that, that you've figured out can make things run smoother or quicker or unclog the line or, or, or whatever your role are. If you're on the construction site 
and you figured out that there is another way we can do this, which makes getting the, the jobs on the site done a little bit smoother, quicker, safer, any of those things, then you might have the gifting and the talent of process. And I would actually to really think about that because this is a gifting. Again, if you can, you can maximize this gifting, no matter what you do, no matter where you're at within the organization. And if you get it right, like all of these giftings, you will rise your tide. You will rise your tide and all ships will rise with it. So, so people, data, process, fourth gifting, support. This is a person that, you know, maybe they're not all creative. Maybe they're not, they may be people, persons. They may have some data. They may have some process. They may have some of all of these, but their gifting is this ability to support an initiative, this ability to come in, pick up a plan and execute on it. They can quickly see the plan. And once they understand the plan, they can function and execute on that plan very, very well. They're like a franchisee. They didn't create the business, but they can take the business, the franchise, and really make it successful. Maybe they can improve that plan, but but their, their gifting is the ability to take a plan and really, really execute on it. I have some of this gifting as well, and it served me well. I actually have owned a franchise business many moons ago when I was in the world of entrepreneur. It was a hair-raising time, but my point is just to tell you, if this is a gifting, if you are one of those people who have the ability to take anybody's plan and really execute on it, you know, almost flawlessly or, or fairly quickly become flawless in executing on that plan, you might be the franchise player, the franchisee. And then the fifth, so we've talked about people, data, process, support. The fifth gifting or talent in the workplace that I think is very helpful is service. Uh, you are the person who likes to help. Um, if I, if I, if I draw from my old Sunday school days, I would say you're the Barnabas, you're the encourager. You're the person who, um, knows how to really uplift people, knows how to keep people focused, knows how to help people. If someone's really down or if for some reason, you know, this person's mood has changed and it is affecting them and or the work they do and or the people around them. If it is in some way affecting the workplace, you're one of the first people who draw attention to that. You notice it. The slightest mood in the atmosphere that changes from a person in any way um, interpersonally um, or even introspectively, you might be the one that have the ability to go, hmm, something's different about Dave. Hmm, wonder what's going on. And then not by just, hey, Dave, you're acting crazy. What's going on? How can I help you? No, you're the person that has the, the perfect approach in landing to integrating into that person's world and then becoming a source of encouragement, support for them. There's not a job where this gifting is not needed. And so the question is, how do you use that gifting? I would say if you're the support person, if you're the person who's really gifted in the area of help and encouragement, then I would really tell you this is a very, very strong gifting. There's something I learned many, many, many years ago uh, when I started my career, and it's this. People don't do business with businesses. People do business with other people. 
And even if it's a big, big name business that brings you in the door because maybe they're large and it's secure or, or maybe it's a small business, but they've been around for 50 years and it's stable, that might bring people in the door. But what will keep them coming back is the people that greet them when they walk through the door or what will make them never come back again are the people they interact with when they're there. The best and or worse experience that anyone could have with a business is a personal experience. It has to do with who they interacted with or who did not interact with them when they were in the place of business uh, that they wanted to do business with. And so if you have this gifting of service, this if you're a helper or an encourager, this is a gift that will help you tremendously with other customers, with other employees in the workplace. And so there you have it. There are probably many more, but those are what I could think of because I am enjoying the vacation aura that is around me right now. And yet I'm still recording. So we won't talk about work-life balance. We'll do that on a different episode. Real quickly, first, know what your areas of opportunities are. You got to know that, but don't focus there. Don't spend a ton of your time there. I know that that may be counter to everything that you've heard. You've got to know what your opportunities are, but your strengths will always multiply further then your opportunities will improve. I'm not saying you can't improve your opportunities. You, you can and, and you should. But if you focus on maximizing your strength, let me give you an example of that real quick sports analogy. I can't dunk. I'll never dunk. I can't dunk. But boy, if you put me at the three-point line, I can nail three points. It's hard for me to get in. But if you get me open and put me at the three-point line, I can nail the three-pointer. A good coach is going to go, all right, we're going to design a play that sends everybody chasing our person who can dunk or shoot the 17-footer and leave Rick open at the three-point line. Because he's got an 86 90% shot out there. He's going to nail it. What happened? This applies in the workplace. What just happened was the coach or the manager realizes, wow, Rick has an amazing gifting at the three-point line. Let's use that gifting and maximize it in our workplace. Because if we maximize that gifting, we're going to nail it every time. Or we have a higher percentage of nailing it. The coach didn't focus on trying to get me to dunk. The coach didn't focus on trying to get me to shoot a 17-footer. The coach didn't, you know, focus on making me the distractor to be able to get in and, and, and score it inside the paint. No, the coach focused on my gifting. And I'm telling you, that happens in the workplace. If you really begin to shine and become a star in your area of giftings, people will notice. And like I said, Rising tides lift all ships. Well, people begin to notice your value within the company. People begin to notice your skill level within the company. Why? 
because your strengths will always stretch further, longer, wider than your opportunities can improve. Why? Because you're cut like that. That's just your strength. And you will always be able to take a strength 10 miles further than you could take something that's not a strength. That's why it's a strength. The muscle's stronger. So anyway, know what your areas of opportunities are, but focus on your strengths. And focus on maximizing your strengths in the right role. Look within the organization first. Doesn't mean you got to go somewhere. Here's my theory. My theory is this, and it has proven true in my life. Doesn't matter what job I'm in, because I know what my strength is, I can maximize that strength in any role. And I've been in a variety of positions over the last two plus decades. I've been in a variety of positions, but I've always been able to maximize my strength. And I just want to leave you with a couple things. It's not always industry specific. Don't think that, oh, I've got this gifting. So it's specifically for this job, this industry, this, this role. Not necessarily. I think these are giftings every workplace, every organization needs. And you will not see where, when, or how to use your talents where you are if you don't know your talents. And it's very difficult to either progress your career or progress your career on the right path. Both can lead to some type of success, but it will always be a draining success. So think about that. Know what your talents and what your your abilities are if you want to really advance your career and feel like this is not work. I'm having fun. Hope that's been helpful until next week. Uh, We will be reporting again next week from my trails of vacation, taking on your way to work on the road. So hopefully this will be an enjoying next two or three weeks of show. So until next week, have a good one. God bless.